This is Middle Tennessee Electric's Plugged In Podcast. This podcast focuses on the world of electric vehicles. It is for all EV enthusiasts. Whether you are an early adopter and have been driving an EV for years, or you're just starting your research, this podcast is for you. I'm Amy Byers, and as always, I'm with Brandon Wagner, and we are excited to be talking again with Drew Fry from TVA. In episode one of the Plugged In podcast, we talked to Drew about the impact EV charging has on the power grid. Today, we're going to continue that conversation, and we're going to join in as Brandon and Drew are discussing residential charging habits. One of the big takeaways we learned from Smart Charge Nashville when we were looking at how folks were charging, we were seeing you know some folks coming home 5, 6 p.m. and plugging in, but in, but in aggregate, we weren't seeing that from everyone. Mm-hmm. Some folks were charging their car every two days or every three days. Some folks were running errands after work, you know, and they were, they were showing up and charging at 9 p.m. and still had plenty of time to recharge in the morning. Um, uh, so we were seeing this diversification of charging where not everyone was charging at the same time. And, and that's the underlying information that we use when we, when we look at when we'll need to provide energy to these millions of vehicles in the future. Yeah, you know, we've, we've started looking at, obviously we have our EV car club and we start talking to members who are, um, that own EVs and, and start learning about their habits. And it does seem like um, most of the charging load that we're seeing organically happens off-peak. Uh, we don't have any time of use rates yet. There's no program to offset the, that charging intentionally. But there's either an interface like the Tesla interface, I think will ask you what time do you leave in the morning. And it sort of charges in a grid-friendly way without the user knowing what's going on. Like you said, they plug it in, and as long as it's ready when they get behind the wheel, they, they're happy. So, um, I, But I am curious, because I get this question a lot, uh, People tend, at least in, in my uh, experience with our car club members, they tend to, uh, once they go with an EV, they don't go back to an internal combustion car. But I've seen more of them coming in and saying, um, for a while it was, I want to have one EV and one internal combustion car. And now I'm getting more people saying, we're just going to go two EVs per home. And uh, the question I usually get is, do I need two chargers? Have you any experience on, on do people that have two vehicles per home, do they usually charge at the same time or do they share one charger? How hard is it to plan around sharing a charger? Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's a multitude of ways to go about it. They, they sell charging stations now that have two cords. So, I mean, you could easily plug in two vehicles at the same time and the, the one charging station even shares the power between the two cars. So if you've got one car plugged in, maybe you're getting the full amperage, whether that's 40, 50, 60 amps. If two cars are plugged in, you split the amperage and each car gets half. Um, And so there's systems like that. Uh, My home as an example, I only have one EV, but I I guess I'm a bit of a nerd. I've got a couple of charging stations (laughs) already, you know? It's kind of what I feel like using today. I've got a level one charger, which is plugs into a 110 volt outlet on the side of my house. And honestly, I use that more than anything else just because it's just so user-friendly it's the cord is so flexible and it happens to be right where i park my car and i just grab that cord and kind of flip it plug it in i just use that most 
most of anything. But I've also got 240 volt chargers, level two chargers. Um, a, one that um, I do more of kind of testing and whatnot on it. It's connected to my home internet and I can do the programming and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I could see two separate charging stations that um, either communicate together or, or one charging station that has two cores is really kind of a bunch of ways to go about it. Uh, and you know, you'll see some overlap in charging, but again, it's human, it's human behavior is what it really is. My wife and I don't come home at the same time. Uh, a lot of times, if, I, if I'm just doing my around town driving, I come back, I'm recharged in an hour or so, you know, with these level two chargers. Um, and so, you know, the cars don't even have to really overlap. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to start looking at homes with two, you know, I, I grew up in a house that had four cars, you know, my mom, my dad, me and my sister, we were all drivers at one point. So, you know, what does that look like for a house with four cars and, and how do you share charging infrastructure and stuff like that? I think that technology is going to continue to evolve, but uh, it's being done today and uh, it, it can be done with kind of planning and uh, the proper electrical work. Yeah, we've, we actually have about 12 employees that have EVs and I was surprised most of them decided to see if they could survive on level one charging at home because we, we do have level two charging at work. So if they come into work, they can charge at work. And, you know, the, the, the way I've sort of been advising people now is just because you're getting your car, don't, don't rush out and buy your charger right away. See what level one can do for you before you put all that in there and realize you don't need it. And if you have a level two and you have a vehicle and you're going to get a second one, most of the people I talk to, they, they indicate they charge two or three nights a week. They don't charge every night. So you know, I've tried to suggest perhaps see what one, if you can share a level one um, before, I mean, I'm sorry, share a level two before you go out and, and get the second one and, and spend all that money and, and then not need it. Yeah, generally what I tell people is if you're going to routinely drive less than 50 miles a day, then you can probably use a level 110 volt, you know, an outlet that's already in your garage. Um, and it doesn't mean you can only drive 50 miles a day. You know, if you need, you know, if you drive on a big trip or whatever and you come back, it'll recharge slower over time. But if you're routinely driving 40-ish miles a day or less, easily recharge with a level one. If you're routinely dri driving more than that, like you're a 100, 200 mile a day kind of person, you can look at getting a level two charger kind of right off the bat. But I, I agree with you, it's kind of, uh, I, I had a level one to start off with. And, you know, not to say that you can just roll in your driveway and do that without any planning. I actually did try to do that. I plugged it in, I plugged in my level one and it started flashing at me. I said, oh no, what in the world is going on? I got out the owner's manual and turned out that that outlet on the side of my house wasn't grounded. Whoever installed it, you know, prior to me, it wasn't a grounded outlet. Mm -hmm. And the charging station knew that and said, hey, something is wrong here. You need to figure it out. So I had to get that outlet grounded to, to get my, you know, my level one charger to work uh, in the whole process. So Drew, um, you know, some of these level two chargers, they have a very high rating for KW. And um, we've gotten some members who are a little bit alarmed. Can their service provide enough current to, to satisfy these chargers. Um, from what I'm gathering, some of these chargers are configurable, but it's, it's really new to me. I was wondering if you would speak a little bit about that. And I know you mentioned there's some code things that come into play as well. I was, can you tell us a little bit about the level two chargers and, and that high demand? 
Yeah, so when you're looking at putting in a level two charger, so you know, you you want to be able to recharge your vehicle faster. And maybe you maybe you drive a lot. Uh, these level two chargers, even at 40 amps, can provide almost 200 miles back overnight um, to your car. Um, so a lot of the new cars being sold now, so think about like the Ford F-150 um, and some of the other higher end, you know, especially when we get into the world of trucks and SUVs, these bigger electric vehicles that are going to have larger batteries and frankly are just going to be less efficient at driving you down the road, you're going to need to put more energy back into them. You know, they're, they're coming with the, the options to have 80 amp charging stations. And so when electricians go into the home and think about oh, adding an extra 80 amps to uh, maybe a home only has a 100 amp service, you know, 200 amps is kind of normal for new construction now. And even some of your larger homes will have 400 amps. So it really depends on the electric service that you have. Um, they might start talking about upgrading your panels, upgrading your service to your house. And that can come with costs, you know, several thousand dollars to do something like that. So what I like to always tell people is, you know, just because your car can, does it really need to? So I think about it like um, my car, you know, well, my car can go 150 miles per hour. Does it need to go 150 miles per hour? How often do I go 150 miles per hour? I kind of think of the same thing in charging. You know, as I said, a 40 amp charger, which is very similar to your dryer, your clothes dryer, that can put a couple hundred miles back into your car overnight. Um, so to think about what you truly need as far as charging goes. And as you said, some of these are coming in either configurable inside the charger or basically through software where, you know, maybe it's an 80 amp charger, but I can install it at 40 amps or 60 amps okay. or 50 amps, somewhere in between. Um, and so that becomes a discussion with the electrician. So a lot of the um, older codes, electrical codes, uh, that you must have a dedicated electric circuit for the charging station. Mm -hmm. um, the, the newer electric codes, kind of, I think 2017 or newer, they allow for uh, energy management. And so these charging stations are coming in as energy management devices. And so, you know, whether it's a, it could be an 80 amp charger, but it's electrically set at 40 amps. Okay. And being allow, allowing to, to share circuits even in the home. So there are some devices that allow you to share a circuit with your dryer. So when your clothes are drying, your car's not charging. When your clothes stop, your car's charging. So sharing one circuit and being able to do that with the energy management systems um, are what the, the newer electric codes and the newer technologies provide. Hmm. Well, that, so I think there's sometimes a thought that I see something that's is uh, rated for 80 amps. That's rated up to 80 amps, right? Doesn't mean you have to necessarily give it an 80 amp service. It won't malfunction or anything. Yeah, like absolutely. That. Yeah. And so, what? How fast your car will charge, especially on the the AC alternating current chargers, like at home or, or in a parking lot or something like that, is first and foremost limited by the car. So my Nissan Leaf can only charge up to 6.6 .6 kilowatts. So even if I had an 80 amp charger. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. My car is only going to charge. So your car limits that, and then uh, the infrastructure, what it supplies, is the other limiting factor. So the smaller of those two will apply. So for a lot of these cars, an 80 amp charger won't do anything for them mm -hmm. if their car can only charge at, you know, a lower amperage. Gotcha. The charging station is really there for safety. 
Okay. I mean, they can add bells and whistles like connect to your phone, connect to Wi-Fi, add the timer so you can charge off-peak, things like that. But first and foremost, the charging station is just there for safety. It's it's almost kind of like a, a power strip, almost. Uh, and the, the whole communication between the, the charging station and the car is all about safety. Okay. So there is no power going through that plug until it talks to the car and says it's safe to do that. So, you know, mm. you're standing in the rain, a kid's putting their finger in there. All those kinds of things are really safety built into the charging okay. station. Drew, thank you again for coming and talking with us. I hope you will uh, come back another time. I know there's some other topics we want to discuss with you, so we'll look forward to having you back on our podcast. Uh, thanks again to all the listeners. And for more information on MTE's Drive EV program or the EV Car Club, you can go to mte.com forward slash drive EV. Until next time, plug in, power up, and drive safe. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. Also, we would love to hear from you. If you have any ideas of topics you would like for us to discuss, please email us at driveev at mte.com. Thanks for listening.